Even though you serve the Lord with all your heart, all the days of your life, but if you leave behind any kind of a leaven, what happens? Leaven infects other people. You need to be careful that we do it completely 100%. You cannot have a divided heart or a half heart serving the Lord. Your heart has to be complete in the Lord. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Returning to 1 Kings, Raul will challenge us to consider the spiritual legacy we're leaving for future generations. Many Israelite rulers set poor examples for their children, who then chose paths of even greater sinful rebellion. As Raul unfolds today's passage from God's Word, we hope you'll see the importance of building a strong faith testimony to guide your kids in righteousness. Here's Raul Reese in 1 Kings chapters 15 through 17. We see that every one of the kings of Judah, and then those of the north, because I don't want you to get confused, that when Jeroboam came into the throne, Jeroboam was, remember, again, splitting the kingdom into the northern area, which was Tel Dan up in the upper Galilee. Ten of the uh, tribes of Israel moved to the north, and two of them, Judah, stayed in Jerusalem with Rehoboam. Rehoboam and Jeroboam, so you don't confuse them. Now, these men, as we begin to read about them, they were kings, like tonight in chapter 15, beginning with verse 1. Look what it says. In the 18th year of King Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, Abijam, became king over Judah. Who's that? The southern kingdom of Israel, not the northern kingdom. And then look what it says. He reigned three years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Makkah, and the granddaughter of Abishalom. Now these names, when we read them, we can't even pronounce them sometimes. But there's a meaning to the names that are very important even in our own personal lives. When you look in verse 1 at the name of Abijam, he literally, this is now uh, David's great-grandson. His grandson now is in the kingdom. And what's amazing is that David leaves a good heritage to his children and to his grandchildren. And I thought about it. What kind of a heritage are you looking for in your own personal life? If you're married uh, and if you're in your 40s or 50s or 60s, you know, as God has given you children, are you teaching them about an inheritance and a heritage in their own personal lives? Family is very important. What your children will be and their sons and daughters and then their sons and daughters in generations to come. Now, you may know the Lord today, but will your children follow the Lord and will their children's children be walking with God unto the fourth and fifth generation? As we look in the Old Testament and as we've been reading about the kings... Many of the sons and daughters and grandchildren did not follow the Lord. 
They did worse than their father or their grandfather concerning evil. And so when we study the word of God, we have to understand that not only God has blessed us as parents and as grandparents, and we have a duty according to the book of Deuteronomy, that great book of Deuteronomy, where God was establishing His law with Moses for the next generations to come through Joshua and the rest of them, because God could see a clear picture into the future, knowing that the people of God would go astray. You see? God knows already. But God gives you the opportunity to obey or to disobey. We have that right. Why? Because we're not puppets on a string. God has created us with a will. A will to choose or to reject what He says. He's never forcing Himself upon you. If you don't want to be the spiritual leader of your home, you don't want to teach your children, you don't want the next generation to follow the Lord, you make that decision. And God will stand by that decision. That's why it's so important that when they're little, when they're born in your home, as they're being brought up in the ways of the Lord, what are you doing? In a way, you're brainwashing. In a good way. Why? Because you're brainwashing them to know the Lord. And the commands of the Lord. And the statutes of the Lord. And if you do this, and if you walk this way, then God is going to bless you. And you're going to prosper. But if you don't, these are the consequences to your sin and to your children and to your grandchildren. You see? Now, when he gives this name Abijam, literally in the Hebrew it means father of the sea or my father is the Lord. Beautiful name. My father is the Lord. Capital L-O-R-D. And then he uses the name Maka, and Maka here means, it's a bad name, depression. Imagine, hey, here comes depression. And here comes my father's my Lord. Or again, when you see that here, or the name Abishalom, Shalom means what? Peace. So it means father of peace. So all these names were entitled to these people according to their character given to them. When they would name a child, it always was given in a time or situation when the baby was born. So when you read the names, they're very meaningful. And here we see in verse 2 that uh, this mother that, uh, that was not only raising these children, here it says his mother's name was Maka and granddaughter of Abishalom. Verse 3. And then he walked in all the sins of his father. You see? His father didn't make an impact in his life. His father was a terrible sinner. And his son learned by example from his father. Notice, which he had done before him. His heart was not loyal to the Lord his God and was the heart of his father David. He wasn't like his grandpa. So what does it show you here? It shows you that just because you're a Christian, it doesn't mean your children or your grandchildren or your great-grandchildren will follow the Lord. They have a will. But they have to have the example too. You see? Why? Because David did well with the Lord, but David also sinned against God. What was David's greatest sin? When he committed adultery with Bathsheba. 
And what was his second greatest sin? When he numbered the people of God, remember? Many people died because of his sin. So David left his mark concerning his sin. But at the same time, David, after his sin, not only followed the Lord, he became a great man of God. And yet his children and his grandchildren and his great-grandchildren did not follow the Lord according to David's heart. Notice that. Verse 4. Nevertheless, for David's sake, the Lord his God gave him a lamp. In Jerusalem by setting up his son after him and by establishing Jerusalem. So all these generations were evil. And then God, because of the promises that he made to David, what does he do? He allows one person and his family to walk with God. Notice this. Verse 5. Because David did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And had not turned aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life. Except, notice, the what he did with Uriah the Hittite with Bathsheba. Remember that? Can you imagine everybody is reading his sin? Everybody knows about it. He wasn't always a good person like us. We're not always complete with God. We trip, we fall, we sin. And we come back to the Lord. You see? But God doesn't keep, especially if you're a child of God, He doesn't keep a record of your sins. It wouldn't be Christianity. Verse 6. He says, And there was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam all the days of his life. Rehoboam is in the northern kingdom, Jeroboam in the south. Notice. And now the rest of the acts of Abidjan, all that he did, Are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? And there was war between Abidjan and Jeroboam. And we're going to get to the chronicles and read the rest of the stories when we get there. But here again, the second sin that Abidjan had done was idolatry. The worship of idols. When God forbid it. And yet, he was introduced to idolatry. And thirdly, he continued war with Jeroboam in the northern kingdom of Israel instead of bringing peace. He was at war constantly with the northern kingdom of Israel. Verse 7. And now the rest of the acts of Abijam and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles? Yes, we'll get to that. He says... In the chronicles of the kings of Judah, and there was war between Abijam and Jeroboam. You can find that in 2 Chronicles 13, verse 8. And so Abijam rested with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And then Asa, the son, reigned in his place. And now God puts a godly seed in the kingdom. Out of all those wicked kings, now here comes one that is righteous with God. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We have Pastor Raul with us today, and we're talking about why we as believers should go to the land of Israel. Pastor Raul? I think that people should go to Israel. If they read the Bible, they should go to Israel because they're going to read the Bible different, and the Bible is going to speak to them in such a way that now when I used to read it, let's see, where's Beersheba? Where's uh, Jerusalem? When you read it, you're going to picture in your mind Jerusalem, the Mount of Olives, the Sea of Galilee, 
Tiberias, all these places that you're going to in learning about God's Word, you need to go. If you ever want to have the Bible come alive, you need to go to Israel. It will blow you away when you come back. Thanks so much, Rawl. Well, the dates to join Pastor Rawl, his wife Sharon, and their son Ryan are April 2nd through 13th, 2024. To get more information, visit somebodylovesyou.com. Now let's return to the final part of our study today from 1 Kings. Verse 9. And in the 20th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, Asa, king of Judah, the southern kingdom, and he reigned for 41 years in Jerusalem, and his grandmother's name was Makkah, the granddaughter of Abishalom. Depression. Notice that. His grandmother. And yet, here again, the grandmother was the queen mother in the kingdom at this time. And it says in verse 11, And Asa, there was right in the eyes of the Lord, as did his father David. And then he banished the, all of the perverted persons from the land and removed all the idols that his father had made. What is the first thing that he does? He comes into power, and what does he do? He puts God on the throne. After a wicked generation, now another generation. And what does he do? He starts cleaning the house. And listen, when he starts cleaning house, he's not afraid to become a respecter of persons because he deals with his grandmother first. Look what it says. In verse 12 again. And he banished the perverted persons. Who's that? All the homosexuals. He got rid of them. Now, I know this is a touchy issue. And I'm not going to hit it real hard, but just let me share some things. Because I think it's a real problem today. And always people say that whenever we preach on the radio that we are homosexual haters. We're not. I love the homosexuals. You see, I love their soul, but I hate their sin. That's the situation. I don't hate the person, but I do hate the sin. And that's with any uh, fornicator or adulterer or any person that lies or cheats. Hey, it's the sin that we hate, not the person. God had said in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament He said, anybody that would lie with a beast, a bestiology, or any homosexual, or anybody that would lie with a husband and wife relationship in adultery, or anybody that would lie with a young woman, if they were caught in the very act, their penalty was stoning to death. Death immediately. For being a homosexual or fornicator, adulterer, in the Old Testament, everything was dead. In the New Testament, God talks to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Galatians chapter 5, and then Ephesians chapter 5. And He talks about every kind of evildoer. And He talks about how they need to come to repentance. And then He says that if they don't repent from their sin, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, it might not be a death penalty now, but in the future to come, there is a penalty eternally of death. They will end up in the lake of fire, not in heaven, if they don't repent. And that's not homosexuals only. Fornicators, adulterers, liars, druggies, all kinds of people that live a life of sin and do not repent and do not have a change of heart and attitude will not inherit the kingdom of God. But here, he calls them a perverted persons. 
And it's literally homosexuals. He says he removed them from the land and all their idols. And it says that his father had made. And then he removed, notice, Maka, depression, his grandmother from being queen mother. Because she had made an obscene image of Ashtoreth. Can you believe that? His grandmother had made an actual statue or an idol of the goddess of fertility. And was worshiping it. And what did he do? He went in and cleaned house. Because he was right with God. Sometimes it's very hard when you get saved and you have family members that are non-believers. And they worship idols. Today in our modern society, you know, we don't cut them off. But what we need to do is we need to make a stand and make the rules and regulations in our home. Like many, many years ago, when my father came to visit me, even before I was a Christian, I told him, you cannot drink in my house. I made it a rule. You know what he did? He left my house and never wanted to come to my house again. He got hurt. I wasn't a Christian. When I became a Christian... The same rule was there. That created more problems than my dad could not come to my house and drink in front of my children. But you know what? I made a stand for what's right. And you know what? Making that stand years later and not putting up either with my mother's Roman Catholicism, all of the idol worship and all that, and not fighting with them and anything like that. Later in years to time, as they watch our lives, they came to know the Lord, every one of them individually. If you make a stand for what's right, God will honor you. But sometimes people become fearful that they're going to lose their families. And you might lose your family. You might. I mean, there are times where you have to cut a family because sin is so bad and there's so many things that it's literally bringing stress into your home and into your family that you have to stand for what is right biblically, what the Bible says, not your own rules and regulations so that you can have peace in your life and you can make a stand for Jesus Christ and God can bless your life. You see, God can bless your life. That's what Asa did. He made a stand for what's right. Look what else he did. He says, so he removed his grandmother's idol. She made an obscene image of Ashtoreth. And Asa cut down her obscene image and burned it by the brook of Kidron. There in the Kidron Valley, by the trash pit, he burned it. But the high places were not removed. Nevertheless, Asa's heart was loyal to the Lord all his days. What do you mean? The high places were places of worship, idolatry. But he didn't take them down. You see, even though you serve the Lord with all your heart, all the days of your life, but if you leave behind any kind of a leaven, what happens? Leaven infects other people. And you'll see that in a moment. You need to be careful that we do it completely 100%. If you're going to follow the Lord. You cannot have a divided heart or a half heart serving the Lord. Your heart has to be complete in the Lord. Verse 15. He also brought into the house of the Lord the things which his father had dedicated. And the things which he himself had dedicated. The silver, the gold, and the utensils for the actual worship of God. 
And now there was war between Asa and Basha, king of Israel, all their days. And then Basha, his name means boldness, king of Israel, came up against Judah, the southern kingdom, and built Ramah, that he might let none go out or come in, Asa, king of Judah. So what he actually does here is he's trying to build a special place for supplies, to keep supplies in, so that nobody has to go to the city. And then he says in verse 18, Then Asa took all the silver, all the gold that was left in the treasuries houses of the Lord, and the treasuries of the king's house, and delivered them into the hands of his servants. And King Asa sent them to Ben-Hadad, the son of Tabram, the son of Hishon, king of Syria, who dwelt in Damascus, saying, Let there be a treaty between you and me, and there was between my father and your father. See that I have sent you presents of silver and gold. Come and break your treaty with Bashan, king of Israel, so that he will withdraw from me, the northern kingdom again. And so Ben-Hadad listened to King Asa, and sent the captains of his army against the cities of Israel, the northern kingdom again. And he attacked Ijon, Dan, Abel, Beth, Machan, and also the Sea of Galilee, Chisroth. And all of the land of Naphtali. And now it came to pass when Basha heard it. That he stopped building Ramah and remained in Tisra. And then King Asa made a proclamation throughout all of Judah. None was exempt. And they took away the stones and the timbers in Ramah. And Basha had used for building. And with them King Asa built Gibeah and Benjamin and Mizpah. So what he did is he had taxes so that he can continue to build. And then the rest of the acts of Asa, all his might, all that he did in the cities which he built, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles, the kings of Judah? Yes, we'll get to that. And it says, but in the time of his old age, now watch what he says, in the time of his old age, he was deceased in his feet. He said, what does that mean? God cursed him. And we'll get to that in Second Chronicles 16, 10 to 14, if you want to read ahead. He came to the place in his old age where God gave him a feet disease before he died because of something that he did. Now, this is important because sometimes when people retire, they come to a place where they have a lot of idle time. And that can literally take your heart and your priorities away from God. And what happens is instead of finishing well, you don't finish well the race. Even though you ran all your life with the Lord, at the end you can become disqualified because of the things that you might do. Just like Asa. We have to be careful. And Asa was diseased in his feet for what he did. And we'll get that. And so Asa rested with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, his father. And then Jehoshaphat, means Jehovah is judge in Hebrew. His son reigned in his place. And notice now the rain. And now Nadad, the son of Jeroboam, became king over Israel, over the northern tribe. In the second year of Asa, king of Judah, the southern tribe. And he reigned over Israel two years. This guy had a short reign, only two years. And then notice he did evil in the sight of the Lord. And walked in the ways of his father and in his sin by which he had made Israel to sin. You see, so it doesn't guarantee you from one generation to the other generation. It doesn't guarantee anything. Why? Because people have wills. And they live by example. 
It's good to be reminded that while there's no guarantee that our children will choose to follow the Lord, we still need to be diligent in pouring God's truth into their hearts and lives. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To review the message you've just heard, call 800-634-9165 and we'll send you an unedited version for a donation of $5 or more. When you get in touch with us, ask for Rawls' teaching from 1 Kings chapters 15 through 17. Now, to further motivate you in establishing a strong spiritual heritage for your family, we'd like to offer you Rawls' book titled Sin, The Root of All Evil. It's a resource that will guide you in pinpointing areas where you're most susceptible to temptation and help you learn how to guard against compromises that could damage your relationship with Christ. Get in touch with us today to order Rawls' book titled Sin, The Root of All Evil. Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 and we'll send your copy for a donation of $8 plus shipping and handling. Once again, that phone number is 800-634-9165. Our mailing address, if you'd like to order by writing us, is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Thank you for partnering with us and sharing the Bible's wisdom through these programs. Every contribution you make is tax-deductible. Next time on Somebody Loves Your Radio, we'll continue our journey through the book of 1 Kings. We'll get encouragement to see that just as the Lord spoke to the prophet Elijah, He can speak to you when you seek Him in the pages of His Word. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.